0: Ain't That Swell Live is brought to you by Billabong The sickest surf company in the world The best boardies The lightest, most flexible, warmest weddies Courtesy of Graphene Technology The best logo And the sickest team on the planet Support the company that supports Grassroots Australian hell-raising shenanigans On your billies Up the bong And up the fucking swellians
1: Hey, uh, well, first of
2: all i like to say, and the ASB are going to find me,
3: because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you
4: know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win
1: another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the... Pull back, drop down, say... Ah. Well, I'll tell you still, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that's the
2: pay
4: Oh, surf looks good, it's not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those
5: guys are back! Right. Get a haircut.
2: Yes, yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. Hey. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist. Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro dosing. Smithy, (laughs) come on Miami. I'm joined here as always my old co host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine,
1: Vaughn Rinsed Corn
0: Deadly. Hey. Free corn. Who wants it? Golden corn piece. There you go,
2: mate. G'day, Smoothie. Oh, Vaughn, it's good to be back on the Gold Coast. Uh, you know, uh, just a place. Of cocktails and dreams a neverland if there ever was one the home of bronze dozzies and platinum showgirls we're on a cool autumn morning a stiff westerly Dina will blow
0: spray all over your face it's good, good to be back it is good to be back mate good to be back in the the home of professional surf and where it all began smith I was down there at the comp this morning Run a little bonsai thing, and uh, saw the, the goat paddle out, and a million people race up the beach. It was like going back in time, 40 odd, 50 years, and uh, yeah, just fucking great to be back on the Goldie. It's, it's the home of competitive surf, and there's so much surfer off up here. And fuck me, you guys like sharing waves. Holy shit! The dog. <laughs> oh mate, I've never. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, who was that, Jakey? Where are you, mate? Uh, yeah, but uh, lots to uh, lots to talk about up here, mate. But. What about you, Smith? Tell us about your, uh, your, your journey with the Gold Coast. Where did it begin? Well,
2: yeah, actually, this is where my surf journalism career began, Vaughn, way back when I was but a, a young, wide-eyed, innocent skinhead with titanium plates holding his jaw together mm-hmm. and a thirst for blood if any cunt stared at me for too long. And uh, I, I was sent up here uh, to cover a, a surfboard conference included, uh, featuring one of the big labels. I'm not going to name who because, you know, they might sue us. But um, there we were, crowded into a high-rise apartment, watching a, a PowerPoint presentation about stock figures and board manufacturing concepts and all kinds of other horseshit. Mm. And uh, I'll tell you, mate, I've been bored out of my brain before, but this was another fucking level. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just yes. when I was about to throw in the towel and go back to digging holes, someone pulled the blinds, light flooded into the room, pupils dilated, and uh, out came the strippers with the beers and the cocaine and... Uh, yeah, it was great. You know, It ended up being a fucking ripper night. Um, what began with me bored out of my fucking skull ended with me in a spa uh, testing the veracity of a local stripper's bolt-ons. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no, they're pretty legit. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone knows know the difference. But, um, yeah, man, just a fucking a hell joint. I love it. Uh, my career ascent continued from there. I, I threatened to knock Geordie Smith out. Uh, for being an arrogant cunt at a bar and demanding (laughs) i buy him a round of drinks. I uh, I slept on Dean Aegis's front doorstep in a stolen sheet after the little fucking gnome forgot to leave his spare key out. Um, And and what I learned in that time is that this is the fucking home of Australian core surfing fucking spirit animals, mate. It really is, uh, you know, from MP and Bugs. Through to the coolie kids, Steph, the Quote, Gilmore, that magical midget cunt in the Mad who he's, Paul Fisher, it's an endless cavalcade of call cool lord, cone fiend, helm and degenerate two
0: pig. Yeah, yes, Vivi. Fuck, that's a good rant, bro. Well done. <laughs> Gotta love the joint, mate. Agreed, and uh speaking of call lords, you know, right now the challenger series back in town, and we have got the all-time QE battlers on the panel tonight. Can't wait to get them out of here, but. One thing I've never told you in is that I actually was a queue grinder once myself. I grinded the queue, I put me nose on the grindstone, almost pushed it flat, getting out there and having a crack. It was uh, short-lived, I must admit, but it was at the uh, Karamas event, the Mad Hueys one star. They had a spare spot in the uh, draw, so I threw me 300 bucks at the Wazzle to join up and went in the contest. And mate, the second I pulled on that Rashi, I could feel the expectations the expectations of my family, the expectations of my friends. Didn't have sponsors, but the expectations of my country. It's a lot of pressure, mate, a lot of pressure. Paddled out, got a two, and uh, came in. Yeah. Fuck, mate, I was rattled. I, I retired on the spot, so that was me... <laughs> that was me, uh, my entire QE career. But, uh, I'm not joking. Like, fucking watching just the struggle and the turmoil that these guys and girls go through to try and make it is pretty fucked up and I'm not scared to say, Smitty, I went back to my hotel room, had a really good cry, mate, but thankfully I was in Bali, so I ordered a massage, made banana cry and I may felt a fucking shit tonne better after that.
2: Well played, well played.
1: Livorno, yeah. should we get our first guest out here?
0: Let's do it.
1: It's time for our first guest of the evening, fighting out of West Gold Coast, this unlikely surfing superhero began his world tour career with a bang, cracking the semis of his first World Tour event and copping a spray from Jeremy Flores in the process so heated, his ears are still ringing. Baptisms of fire are nothing new to this surgical sloop. A graduate from Benoa State High where he cut his teeth delivering teen pregnancies and representing classmates pro bono at Southport Magistrates. He turned his back on a career in law and engineering to pursue his pro surfing ambitions. He's the Gold Coast's favorite son, a true core lord, cone-fiend, kingpin, hellman, degenerates. Please welcome to the stage, the battler from Burley, Liam Rocklopstar. Star. Yeah.
0: G'day Lobby, welcome to Ain't That Swell mate Thanks for having me Pleasure Hey, uh, how's the pin first of all? We need to know
6: (laughs) Yeah, the pin's alright It's not what it used to be but it's it's getting better It's probably 80, 90% so it's feeling pretty good
2: Talk us through it uh, for anyone who doesn't know in the room Explain how it happened
6: yeah, it was um, the morning of the pipe event and I went out for a warm-up surf. It was pretty backwashy in the morning and um, I couldn't get away. I kept getting snaked by everyone and I got this little this little crappy one and this kid was going to go and then he pulled back last second. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go this, I'll go in. And then I pulled in and then the wave kind of wobbled and then clamped and my back foot somehow got flipped over and then as it clamped, I just like all my weight went down on it. The best I can describe is kind of like a real... Extreme rolled ankle, and um, yeah, I just felt everything click, and I was like, "Oh no, that's not good." (laughs) And then, um, yeah, came in and found out it was broken. Mate, what was your reaction? What was going through your mind at that point? Um, Definitely disbelief. I was just like, "Fuck, did that just happen?" (laughs) It's so weird. I just—it's not even a very intense wave or anything. So I was just—I don't know. I was just confused that (laughs) I'd actually injured myself right before. I was so revved up for Pipe. It was gonna look like it was gonna be pretty good. And um, yeah, I don't know, I was just sort of in shock and then I went to the hospital and got all checked in and everything and went up to the room and I was like, I'll turn it on and see what it's like. And I turned it on it was just so good. I was like, what is that today? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was fucking like 10 to 12 foot,
2: bluebird day, uh, as good a pipeline as you can fucking possibly dream up. Man, it's one of the most savage starts to a world tour career or, like, yeah, just fuck that I've ever heard of or any kind of professional sport. I've never actually heard of a debut going that pear-shaped. I mean, is there any, like, historical precedent for this? Is that part of the the therapy process? You kind of look on Google for some kind of got struck by lightning trying to sink a putt at the US (laughs) Masters in 1937? Like, how do you deal with the, uh, just the, 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 the ensuing days, weeks, months? Like, talk us through the process.
6: Um... Yeah, I mean, I won't lie, it was pretty tough at the start. Um, obviously, I got stuck in a while, I got operated on right away, which was really cool. But I got stuck in a for like a week and I was just like in the car sitting around just going, fuck, I want to go home so bad. Um, but I think once I got through that, like having missed those sorts of waves, I was just like, all right, that's kind of the worst of it. Now I'm just, I can actually start doing stuff. Especially once I got home, I got just got in the gym as much as I could and just did all the rehab I could. Um, and, yeah, you definitely got, like... Once you could start making little bits of progress, it, it became a lot easier, and you'd get little, you'd sort of tick off little goals each week and um, slowly get back towards surfing again. And looking... I mean, in the, at the moment... In the moment, sorry, it was like, fuck, this is just not ending. But looking back, it actually kind of went pro- by pretty quick, and um, it was not a... Yeah, not what you want <laughs> to happen, but it was kind of a cool experience, and it helped me realise how fragile surfing and especially a surfing career can be so it just yeah gives you a good perspective in that respect
0: in the lead up to that wipeout you were having a fucking hell of a season man i mean you know like i, I think of like the, the cola pinto brothers they sort of come from california they go over to hawaii and they, they're jagging bomb sets they're getting real big ones and a lot of people struggle to find those waves out there it seemed like you were getting you know this is one of the photos uh, seemed like you were getting really good ones. How, how did you find the pipe line-up, and is it a place where you've spent a lot of time in the past?
6: Yeah, it's, oh, it's such a good wave. It's like a wave that I've always wanted to surf my whole life, and, you know, we always idolise guys getting the really good ones out there, especially the guys that... Um, I mean, all respect to the guys that rip out there and everything, but especially the guys that are, like, not from there, and there's a real kind of underground crew as well that just go there all the time, and, you know, they're pretty cruisy. Like, you wouldn't really, you know... N- guys that you wouldn't really notice usually, but then you just sort of see them get in crazy ways and always like look up to those guys like, well, I could, maybe I could do that.
2: Who, who are some of those guys like Miguel Chudaylor, uh, Anthony Walsh, these kind of characters, even Wigley Dantas fucking does a ton of time out there.
6: Yeah, exactly, um, even like a Matt Bromley, like Tory Meister, he's from over there, but he's kind of st- still takes on that role as well. Um, yeah, there's a ton of guys that would just sort of, like we'd all go off the wall when it was like too crowded a pipe. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean I didn't get a lot of waves really, I just surfed it that much that eventually there'd be a little moment where no one would be out and um, I'd get a chance at a wave, but it's just like you've got to just pretty much strip yourself of an ego and just go I'm just, I'm a second rate citizen out here, I'm just going to sit here and wait and wait and eventually someone will miss it or I'll just get a chance and that's kind of what happened.
2: And what's the story of the injury wildcard? Like, are they going to throw a couple at you? Or is uh, Smithy going to have to go and fucking light a fire under the contest scaffolding in the middle of the night? Like, uh, what's their fucking go, mate? I mean, I, like, what's your take on
6: all that? Yeah, we might be lighting a few fires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said. Nah, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty tricky. Like, there's a lot of guys that got injured this year, as you know, and they only have really two spots. So, I mean, they haven't announced it officially yet, so I'm not too sure. But, um, I mean, obviously Medina's trying to come back as well. Yago Dora, Carlos Munoz is out. So, yeah, it's a pretty it's a tough one for them. Like, they, you know, they've got guys like Medina and Yago that they've got to look after as well. So, I mean, I see it from their side and I don't know. I, I think at this stage, I'm just going to focus on the challenger and just get back to that and um, see if I can get back through it.
0: Or I can you get your fire sticks ready. Yeah, fucking no, 100%. <laughs> We'll get the diesel. Yeah.
2: Should out our next yeah, guest.
0: I think what we're going to do is try and get all the panel out tonight and uh, really go deep on the challenger series and the qualification process. Before we do get to that, though, mate, I just want to say congratulations on that fucking Roto performance last year. Uh, you get the what? Wa- <clears throat> you get in that event. And, mate, you fucking make the semis and dead set, <laughs> like, were well, you just going, this is a piece of piss. What's this world title fucking bullshit? <laughs> Sign me up for the finals right now. I, t- Can you just give us a bit of a a, uh, an idea of sort of how your run went through that event and like were you sort of tripping with every heat you made or were you just going this is too easy
6: no i was definitely tripping (laughs) 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 definitely
0: tripping no i um i
6: got the late call up and yeah i got over there i went to i went down to margs with and i was hanging with bottle and morgan and um, maddie McGilvray, and i was just getting so smoked every surf i think every surf i had i got like just a cut or like, I think I got, yeah, I got, got my board in my back, I couldn't surf for a few days, I was just having a shocker and then we went over to Rotto and I was surfing so bad and then my first hit I got like a three and a one I was just like, Pff, I'm, not, I'm
0: not cut out for this, I think, I think I'm think i going to have to go back to the QS or something. <laughs> <laughs> just ringing up the uni and going, hey, uh, still a spot this year's classes, I might have... Uh... Might see you soon. But, but you actually started to come good. What was the, what was the switch? Was it the spray from Flores? <laughs> was, it,
2: was it just copping a mouthful of French baguette fucking. <laughs> s- baguette chips flying out of you?
6: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what was going on in that event. I felt like I went from feeling so out of place in the first heat, and then the second heat, I had a pretty second good.
1: Second heat, he's going straight up to Flores and fucking blocking him from waves. Fuck <laughs> off, you dog. Hey. It's lobby's turn. Get back up protection, your mouth. Hey. You might. hey.
6: <laughs> dog. Oh, sorry. No, I um, yeah I obviously upset him and then I was just like, I was just like fuck I don't, I'm just trying to like be here and do a couple of heats and here I am getting like blown up at by a guy I've watched since I was a little kid I'm just going this is, fuck, this is so heavy um, so I was just <laughs> hey, uh, People probably haven't heard that story, can you fill us in on the uh,
2: on the finer points of that epic, epic fucking spray?
6: Yeah pretty much what happened was we were sitting out there and uh, Roto, if you've seen it's a bit of a left and a right and um I was kind of sitting on the right side of the peak and Matt McGilvray, one of my best mates, was in the heat too. And this wave was coming in and like when the big sets came, they were usually a better left. So I was kind of like... And Jeremy was over on the left by himself. And I was in first, so I was like, I don't really know what to do. And I was going to just take the right and then I kind of like looked at Matt and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can... I don't have the heart to do that. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go and get the left and whatever. And then I took off on the left and he's like, splash me if I've gone past. I'm like, oh, this... <laughs> This might not be good, then, <laughs> um,
1: I'm French! <laughs>
6: but, yeah, I actually thought it was going to be good left anyway, but, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it turned out to be a shit one. <laughs> it looked pretty average on my part, but, um... Yeah, I walked up to the comp here and thought, I oh, he, whatever, he's probably just like, that's all good, but I walk in and there's someone, like, yelling... But it wasn't
2: all good for me. <laughs> I'm
6: French! <laughs> there was someone yelling and I was kind of, like, like, looked around and then he's like look at me and I'm like, oh, you yelling at me? He's like, yeah, and he's just like, you little fucking shit and all this stuff, and I was like, fuck. And, um, yeah, he gave me a good
0: honest spray and I just had to kind of cough it and walk off. Mate, the funniest thing was, the expression on your face was exactly the same expression that my kids have when I'm giving them a spray. (laughs) It's like, they've glazed over, they've stopped listening, they can see my mouth going like this, and in their head they're going, fuck, I can't wait to go catch some Pokemon or something. (laughs) You didn't hear a word, did you? No, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good yarn, mate. Well, yeah, look, congratulations. Honestly, the surfing you did in that comp screamed CT to me. I mean, obviously, you don't make the semis of one of those comps without being of that quality. And I think we're all just frothing for you to fucking smash this Challenger in the nuts and get back up there, mate. But uh, let's pull out some of your, uh, your contemporaries on this Challenger series. Who's up next, Mitty?
1: And now, fighting out of Kurnala, via Lennox Head, via the Chiba Prefecture, Japan. Weighing in at 140 kilograms of pure grass-fed meat, protein bars, and backed up stowage, he's the captain of the earth-shattering, ground-breaking, violet-crumbling, all-Australian Challenger Series All-Stars, now in his third tilt at World Tour Greatness, please welcome to the stage, Connor oleary
0: Uh, Lear is he brah, sorry mate, got through your heat? Sorry Lobby, I didn't want to bring it up with you, but got through your heat Connor? Yeah, surprisingly, I did. <laughs> How
7: was it? Fuck, it looks like it's cooking out there. Let's pump it. Yeah. I mean it was like as fun as Snapper gets. You know, two foot and the sand's unbelievable and yeah, it was just good to kind of have, you know, not, not 300 people fucking dropping in the you or, you know, running you over or whatever.
2: How hard is that joint to surf? Like, seriously, fuck, you can barely do a turn without cutting some cunts Achilles. It's heavy.
7: Yeah. I feel like it's more like if you... A successful surf out there is if you don't get hurt. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, i got a sick wave. It's like, fuck, thank God I didn't get hurt today.
2: <laughs> Sally Fitz wore a board to the head, didn't she, out there?
7: Six, yeah, it was, it was six her stitches. board. Her board. Her board, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's... Straight down the middle, huh? Yep. Fucking Little hell. stitches, Forty stitches, mate.
2: But, I uh, mate, you made the cut... Fucking talk us through it. How how big of a relief
7: is that? Yeah, it was. That was yeah, a very stressful week, you know. And you can feel you could feel it with everyone at Margie's. Um, you know, that last day, that round three day was. It was so hard to be stoked for people that won heats. Like even I was saying this to someone the other day. Um, the heat with Ethan and Leo when Ethan. He surfed so good, just smashed it out of the park. But you could tell everyone at the event was like, oh, Leo's just fallen off too, I kind of think. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a sad day for everyone, but yeah, stoked I fucking made it through and get to go left.
2: Oh, oh mate, talk <laughs> us to it. Fucking G-Land up next, uh, a roping left pit with plenty scoring potential for turns too. You know, what do you see when you look at that wave and, and what are you
7: most looking forward to? Just not have to worry about a backside snap. For like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like for the first time in my life I can be like, it's going to be a left whether it's one foot or ten foot. Mm. Not like, oh, if it's ten foot it might be a left, but if it's one foot it's going to turn into a right. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's most uh, lefts on tour. So <laughs> yeah, you done, d- done much time at Landy. Is it a wave that you've... No, I've never been. No. Wow. First time, so yeah. Pumped. What do you expect is going to win the event there? Like what kind of surfing? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really... I've watched a bit of footage of it. I guess it's kind of that that same Fiji vibe where it's, like, not all the barrel. It's kind of a bit high performance, but there's barrels in between. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be good to, to see everyone on tour go left. You know, the natural footers and the goofy footers and,
0: um, yeah, to see how uh, everyone handles it. Pretty classics movie. I had a... Uh surfed this morning at Greenie and Tatiana was out there. And uh, I was sort of we were chatting about that day, you know, uh, where the cut off day really kicked in and people were making it or breaking it. And um, she said that compared to last year's World Title Day, it was just such a different energy trying to focus for your heat and how you were going to channel what you needed to do. Because last year she was trying to create a dream, and this year she was trying to avoid a nightmare. So, totally different mindsets. Like, can you just kind of go a bit deeper on that? Like, when you've got the fear of something going wrong, sort of overtaking, like, reaching a lifetime goal, like...
7: Yeah, I guess you... How does that affect you, your performance? You end up just surfing so much more on the defensive side of your ability and, um, I mean, I... I <laughs> I've never... I haven't felt that side of, like, um, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fall off because it hasn't happened to me for, <laughs> forever. So, yeah, uh... I feel like that side of it would be exciting because it's like you know i've got more to prove and i want to you know keep you know improving my surfing to get to where i want to be while trying to stay on tour is like fuck like you know i'm just trying to do everything i can without making too many mistakes to just get through and scrape through so um yeah it's definitely yeah, you're way
0: more on the defensive side And do you think sure. that the uh the shackles are well and truly off i mean you've qualified for 2023 now so the next, yeah. the next four events, and possibly WSL finals if it if it if it goes well. Like, man, do you see your surfing starting to go to another place? Because I know that the the cutoff is stressful. Everyone's been sort of on the fence about what how they feel about it. But now you've got four events to showcase your best surfing.
7: Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, Snapper was the first event that I've in so long that I've gone into an event without having to worry about you know qualification or staying on tour or whatever. So it was such a weird feeling to go into Snapper with no pressure and it you get so much confidence out of that, yes. which is... I mean, yeah, I wish you could just pick that confidence up and just do it on the tour, but it, I guess it just has more weight and um, it's crazy how impactful your mind um, can take over your body and it's just a matter of trying to find that really good space and, um, yeah, it's hard, but... Um, you know, these next four events, it's where all the, the world-class waves come in. Um, the first five were a bit grindy and um, and tricky, but yeah, this is where the, the best waves on tour come out and yeah, it'd be fun to kind of be able to do that risk-free surfing and um, not have to worry about falling off and, and all that bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah, the psychology of surfing, confidence, it's something we talk about so much on this show. Um, what were the moments for you in those first five events where it could have gone either way for you, but you stuck it out and got the job done? Uh,
7: pretty much every event. <laughs> I had two, like, in Portugal in, in, at Bells. I had two heats in round three, both times I won on the buzzer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't make it easy for myself, but um, just it's just, I guess, adapting when things go bad quicker instead of dwelling on it was something that I feel like I was trying to work on a lot this year and um you know you're never going to have a perfect heat right there's always going to be things that go bad and you everyone's only human I'm only human so I, I make mistakes a lot it's just a matter of just flipping that accepting it and flipping it as quick as you can mm. and not letting it affect you within the rest of the heat and um just trying to just trying to give myself every opportunity to try hard in the heat so I can
0: come away with it win or lose and go, fuck, at least I tried. Got Do you reckon two. that the the years that you've fallen off and gotten back on actually gave you a bit of an advantage in those situations? Because you, you know that it's not the end of the world. For people who have never come off tour, it would feel like falling off a cliff.
7: Yeah, for sure. I, I guess it comes with that and maturity as well is, is a big one. Um, yeah, it, the experience of falling off is the worst and... But, you know, there's so many worse things that can happen to you and um, it's just a matter of just accepting it, picking it up, believing in yourself that you, you've got the ability and you just got to just keep moving forward. It's kind of the only way to do it.
2: So many worse things, like, you know, you could break your leg on the eve of making your World Tour debut and not even surf in a <laughs> fucking contest! Seriously?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Worst case scenario.
1: <laughs> Should we get our next guest out? And now... For our next guest of the evening, fighting out of heaven's head, this carpenter took his hammer to the head of countless world tour competitors on his way to a runner up at Bells Beach. No sticker, no frills, no worries, cunt. He throws buckets of spray like bags of cement on a sweaty cracked North Coast job site. The former starting 5'8 for the Evans Head Bombers has swapped the silks and stiff arms for meat hacks and having a red-hot crack. He's built like a brick shit house made of four and cockatoos. Please welcome to the stage, Callum the Mutant Manchild, Robsoe!
8: Silks, Respect. I've
2: got your number six right there. Evans Head Bombers. That's his 5 jersey from the. Is that a Rabbitohs jersey? Yeah, pretty much. New no, Lions, close enough, <laughs> mate. Uh, you were the starting 5'8 for the Evans Head Bombers. They're a hard-running, hard-tackling, gun of a player by all accounts. But I'm interested to know: were you, were you more of a squirrel grip man, uh, an eye gouger, or did you did you prefer the uh, the old-fashioned stink finger, the, the hopper?
4: There was no hoplite. arties getting around.
2: No hoplite. getting around. No hoplites. Surely in the derby with fucking Balmer there was a couple. Of... <laughs> Mate. Anyway, uh, the cut, dude. It's all about the cut. Oh, here we go. Beer's on the way. They're mad. We well, didn't get one. We're not. We're not wrong. Right? Oh fuck it. No, it's all good. <laughs> Mate. Uh, talk us through the cut from your perspective.
4: Yeah. um... The cut, from my perspective, was like, obviously at Bells, I felt like that's where a lot of the pressure was because of that last counting event before the the, um, the throwaway. So um, coming into Bells, that round of... Um, the round three, where it's like the crucial points between the 17th and the ninth that day was pretty heavy. Like, there was a lot of um, big matchups and um, a lot of people that lost that was, like, needing results. And um, that's when I felt it was like a bit of a turning point. Um, and then once you pass that round, you get the ninth, you get the good points and then you're kind of on a roll and then you can try and make the quarters and then really put a good result in. So, um, But, yeah, the carton's pretty gnarly. Like, the pressure on the events and how everyone's emotions was, it was um, pretty gnarly. And, like, Margaret River's pretty hard to watch, really, for me. Like Seeing all my close mates going through like, super emotional times in that round, um, it was pretty brutal. Yeah,
2: yeah. As you said though, you got the job done at Bells, and man, from a, a fan's point of view, that was one of the most satisfying things to watch as an Australian surf fan. Fucking unheralded rookie, uh, youngest guy on tour, 19 years old or whatever it is, and uh, mate, you just fucking, like the good fucking North Coast carpenter you are, you took your hammer to the head of <laughs> several opponents uh, on the way to a runner-up finish. Mate, talk us through the event.
4: Um, yeah, well, we went down as um, a group with a few of the boys down before the comp started, and um, I think we went for three or four days and got some a l- good little swell and um, hung with Kale and Robbo. And they gave us a bunch of good insight, which kind of uh, carried on into the event. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I was working with Kale through the event, which was good. It was kind of my first time working with a coach at a at an event, like a local special, specialist. And, um, yeah, it was... Um, the Bells event was a wave that I thought I, was, like, I had potential to do well at. So... Um, yeah, when we got down there, the waves... For how bad the forecast and how much everyone was writing it off, it actually turned up and the waves were pretty good. So, um, yeah, it was good to kind of get some, get some heats under the belt and, yeah, get a good result. I was stoked.
0: Mate, I, I, just your whole approach. Like, like at the end of the last year, what we saw Morgan do was pretty fucking skit. Like, it was, I just thought, far out. A rookie in with this uh, first-ever shot at a, a world title... And uh, I said to Smithy like at the start of the year, man, we might never see that again. And all the rookies this year have really stepped up and gone ballistic, but what you did at Bells was just right there, man. Now that you've made the cut, like are you all eyes on that WSL finals? Is that just in your brain after what you saw Morgan do?
4: Yeah, I guess we all got a lot of inspiration from Morgs. obviously seeing where he come from and how possible everything is. He kind of showed us a path and um, I think, all the Aussies that kind of showed in the Challenger Series straight after, how hungry everyone was, and um, how much everyone backed each other. So yeah, I think now with the position I'm in, I think why not have a crack and give it my best, and um, yeah, fucking have rip a in. Fucking
2: crack. <laughs> you're speaking my language, brother. Uh, let's, let's go back 12 months ago, uh, you know, you're sitting outside the top 10 going into the, the Tweed Coast Pro, you need a big result just to get on the Challenger Series. Um, now you're in the, the top 10 in the fucking world. You know, did, did you always think that you had it in you?
4: Um, I think around that time is when I started believing in myself a lot and um, I started coaching at the HPC and kind of that made me start thinking a bit deeper about everything and, um, yeah, made me start just really analysing surfing on a different level because um, I had to obviously coach and kind of tell it to other people. So when I started doing that is when I kind of started clicking for me and I started realising what it took for me to perform in heats. And um, when I found it kind of like a, almost a little bit of a formula, I felt like I've just kept using that formula and it's, um, yeah, it's paid off, it's working for me.
2: I saw an interview of Gabriel Medina um, during the Marks comp actually, and he was asked, you know, who were the, the guys he was noticing? Uh, and you were one of the names that come up, man. How does that feel to be acknowledged by fucking pretty much the, the greatest competitive surfer on earth as a, uh, uh, one of the the real threats and people to watch on tour this year.
4: Yeah, it's pretty special. is someone I look up to. I really like the way he goes about his competition. It's something that I kind of um, yeah aspire to be like. It's kind of like that bit of mongrel, just doesn't let anything bother him and he's just there to win no matter what. So um, that's kind of the surfing and the competition strategy that I like to see and um, to hear him say that's pretty... It's pretty, it's pretty good to hear. <laughs> fucking earth.
2: It's fucking huge, isn't it? It's so <laughs> sick. Uh, and just quickly before we get wacko Jacko Baker out here, man, let's, let's talk a bit about the floods because that, they fucking hammered your hometown. Um, and, and so you, is it right you got family in Woodburn and Evanshead?
4: Um, yeah, my parents live in Woodburn. Um, my uncle and auntie live out towards Corakai, which was affected as well, and then I've got family in Evanshead as well.
2: Yeah, because Woodburn was one of the, the worst affected zones um, during the floods, and, I mean, how was that? Just, you were overseas at the time, but, you know, the news must have been trickling back to you um, over there. How, how was it for you,
4: that whole experience? Yeah, um, there wasn't a lot of communication because I think, like, even just, like, cell towers and down and um, the reception stuff was terrible. Like, I was talking to... Um, uh, a few of the crew back home that were trying to watch the event in Portugal and they couldn't even watch it, like the reception was that bad. So um, I think it was a lot of like not knowing and the unknown when I was over there it was kind of a bit hard to deal with and not knowing how people were. And um, the media didn't do a great job of covering it all. So I felt like a bit let down in that department in terms of like just the, um, yeah, the amount of attention it got. So I think for me, it felt like I had like a bit of a job to do. like. I don't have a massive platform, but try and speak about it and try and get some eyeballs on the area, especially Northern Rivers felt like it was a bit left out. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty hard, but I guess trying to do a few things now and uh, we've got a raffle going on, so trying to raise some money for people that are doing it pretty tough still and um, in a yeah, pretty hard spot
0: financially. And yeah, Mate, like, you haven't got a major sponsor. You donated half your prize money to the region, like, Fucking new legend, mate. Like, it's it's not cheap doing the tour. I mean, was that always gonna... I I, I know that if you had the chance, you would have just been fucking neck deep in sewerage like the rest of us were, you know, digging people out of the mud. But that was as good as you could do. And and the fact that you did it just says so much about your character and wanting to look after your community, man. And, yeah, fucking not really a question. Just wanted to say good on you, brother, because that was fucking really cool.
4: Cheers.
0: Thank you.
2: And did it add any fuel to, uh, to the fire to perform, knowing the hardships everyone was going through back at home?
4: Yeah, for sure. Like The community in Evans Head is a massive part of my story and a massive part of how I got to the CT. They helped me with the crowdfunding to get over there. So, um, yeah, I felt like seeing everyone doing it tough and a lot of people that su- supported me financially, I felt like it was only necessary that um, just to try and get. And now that I've got the fundraiser going on, try and get um, some people that have some money. and. Win some good prizes It's all going to a good um, place So Yeah hopefully Just raise some money For the people doing it tough Fucking battlers Looking
0: after battlers Smithy. It's almost the kind of, It's the shit you're built on My friend <laughs> <laughs> Tears coming out of your eyes Look at it
2: If I could cry There'd be tears coming out of my eyes uh, Let's get our next guest on eh? No banana cry on this stage No no banana cry that's, uh, <laughs> that's for the green room
0: Alright let's get our uh, Final <laughs> guest now. up And
1: Fighting. Start ripping it Out of Meriwether Newcastle A talent so prodigious, so endowed, so blessed, he might have just as easily landed a gig juggling Volkswagen's for Cirque du Soleil. Famous for his short views and flaming red hair, he has been described as the second coming of the lord of core himself, Mick Campbell. Grittier, than a saggy set of undies after a scorpion, a kaiki short break. You better believe he made the cut cut. See you in G Please welcome to the stage, Jacko, the carnival strongman. man,
0: What about a round of applause for this panel? Talk about the fucking true grit of Australian surfing right now. Jacko, welcome to Ain't That Swell, mate.
8: Thanks for having me, guys, and
0: thanks for coming. Stoked to be a part of it. <laughs> ah, brother. Uh, well, we've had a, a little bit of a chat with the boys about, you know, the cut-off date and all of that. But first of all, first Novocastrian to ever take out SurfFest. The hoodoo is broken, my friend. You've done it.
8: Yeah, I finally fucking did it. Someone had to do it. Um, no, it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good day. Um, myself and Ryan were both in the final, so we knew we had a 50% chance. And We spoke about it before the final. And Yeah, I'm stoked one of us, one of us fucking did it, and I'm stoked it was me. So, yeah, it was a bloody good feeling.
0: Mate, uh, I, I just want to stay on this for a second, because you, have you ever looked at the names that have come from Newly? There's a couple of good surfers from there. Mark just, Richards. Just a couple. Luke Egan, Nicky Wood, Matt Hoy. You're the fucking guy who won the hometown cup, mate.
8: Yeah, now you say that, it didn't even really sink in when it happened, but just to hear those names and stuff's pretty fucking cool. And, um, yeah, to be the one with the name on the trophy and hope that it's the start of a uh, Novocation generation to be
0: able to get their names on there as well. I've heard they've scrapped the plans for the MR trophy and a uh, statue where they're going to put a Jack O'Baker one there in... And... <laughs> Stripey onesie with knee-high boots and a couple of dumbbells doing this on Main Beach. I feel sorry for anyone that wins that trophy. (laughs) I think they'll be hiding that one in the garage. (laughs) No, mate, statue on the boardwalk, I reckon. 40 foot high like the uh, Statue of Liberty. People come from miles, mate. Miles to check that out. Hey, uh, congratulations, Jacko. Epic start to the year, mate. Qualified. Fantastic. How do you feel about that?
8: Yeah, um... I keep doing it to myself. I um, keep coming up one heat short of just getting the job done and having either a week of weight or, um, yeah, a day of stress. And yeah, it all worked out. So I'm pretty, pretty stoked that that all worked out, and went my way.
0: And like we've spoken to the boys about how inspirational Morgie's run was last year, you know, to qualify, to do what he did. But I think for you, in particular, it must have fucking stung a bit. The grommy from you. I mean, I know you're stoked for him. But he said he'd never even beat you once in a club comp.
8: Yeah, I think the first time he beat me was the year he qualified and it was the COVID year and he waxed me in the Ray Richard man on man and I was so off it. I was like, <laughs> he's just beat me to qualify. I had like, what am I now, 25. I was on the QE from like 17. He's rocked up two years in and absolutely waxed everyone. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> but um, nah, looking back at it, I think he really, really fired me up saying we're good friends, um, it's a healthy rivalry, and yeah, I mean, I got to join him and Ryan at the start of this year, and it was a dream come true, so I feel like if he didn't do that, I'd probably, yeah, might still be grinding away, so I'm stoked to be a part of it.
2: Mate, yeah, fucking up. give it up, give it up for the Jacko! <clears throat> Mate, it's been a wild journey, uh, talk us through some of the, the craziest moments in your, your rookie
8: season so far, I mean, the pipe comp's got to be right up there. Yeah, that pipe one. Um, I was shitting myself. Um, not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, that first wave was pretty memorable. Um, didn't come out, but I'll probably still say it was the best wave I've ever caught. Um, yeah, I got
0: fucking close. I just need hey, to, not,
8: I just needed to dra- not drag me hand. I just needed to actually bulldog it out. Can
0: you share that? So I share that moment with everyone, like actually stroking it all, because it's like a fucking sort of misses second reef, stands up as big as first reef gets. You just fly down the face and just pack it. Next thing you just rotten the foam ball, fucking shit going everywhere. Mate, I mean, you're a pretty red fella. Your face looked pretty fucking beetroot about halfway through that thing.
8: Yeah, I was. I think I'd come off the bottom. I was surprised I even made the drop. <laughs> um, yeah, funny enough, all the free surfs, I'd had no waves, no real good ones. And... Kako Picasso was lucky. Him, luckily in my corner and kind of fired me up. He's like, This is what you've worked for. Don't go out there and be a pussy. Have a good crack. Because he knew that I was being a pussy in the free surf. So, um, <laughs> funny enough, that was probably the biggest wave I'd ever taken off a pipe, yeah. first wave in the CT. And yeah, once I came off the bottom, it was just like, Fuck, let me out. And the thing just kept running and kept running and kept going over the foam ball. And yeah, bum I didn't get the exit, but the vision was. Man, it was That's serious. what you do it for, it mate. That's what That's you do you're doing you do for. for. And I heard if you don't
0: come out, you weren't deep enough. That's so. right, <laughs> right. Quote, unquote, from the great Christian Fletcher. Hey, uh, Cal, I just... I, like, that day... I'm, far out. I feel like we've just brought Lobby on to torture him, but that day was uh, unbelievable. Tell us about, you know, some of the waves you caught that day. Obviously, getting a paddle out in, in fucking... Probably the most mesmerising pipe comp of all time and and just your experience and, and your best waves out there. Because uh, Ross Williams was actually going, oh, mate, this kid is fucking packing it. Didn't say fuck, because, you know.
1: He's a dog. Hey.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: but uh, he was super impressed by your attitude in heats. <laughs> and you wore a couple of fucking hidings too, mate. Big time.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, anyway. um, yeah, that pipe. Pipe compost everyone seen was, um, I heard Kelly say it was the best pipe he's ever seen in a contest. So that's pretty massive. The guy's been on tour for fifty years or something, so <laughs> pretty sick. Um, but yeah, paddle, before that heat. I had a lot of nerves, like just like freaking out, just going fuck, I don't like, don't know what I'm gonna do out here. Let's just see. And then it, as soon as I hit the water and started paddling out, I kind of just like fuck, I just want to get one of these things. Like it looked amazing, so. Um, paddling out and being in the heat I had Italo and Miguel Tadella and um, Italo was trying to hassle me and um, didn't let him get me inside so that um, was pretty good oh. fucking stuck it to him yeah. but uh, <laughs> hey <laughs> um, and then yeah obviously the waves are pumping and um, I had, it's a bit different a surfing pipe with no one out because you don't have the um, positioning that dialed especially um, not surfing it a lot mm. but um, when the waves come through Um, yeah I was just like frothing to get one and that kind of kicked in and more so I was just like trying to get the best wave that I've ever caught and not like forgot I was in a heat at some point and I was just like packing clothes out sort of thing and then got to the end of it was like fuck I've got two twos (laughs) <laughs> I'm in third. I need a four, so then I had to kind of put my um my, my comp hat back on and uh, get a get a score and make the heat, which I was stoked about. But the first heat, just getting some of the visions I oh got, I was pretty stoked on. I was sick. Mantle and com- sorry,
0: <laughs> sorry, Vivian, <laughs> keep keep dropping in on you. It's like it's like we're out snapping, mate. <laughs> uh, what about for you, mate? I mean, you've surfed in a few pipe comps. You, like, everyone just wants the opportunity to fucking. Get a wave out there, and sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. How, what was your memory of that event? Yeah, I mean, that was the first year that I've actually
7: gone left out there. The, the last few years that I've been on tour, you know, it's in December, and you know, the, they get them shit north swells, and it's just all three foot backdoor, and yeah, yeah, it's just packing closeouts, and I don't know, backdoor's a hard one for me, so yeah, it was good to see just pure pipeline, just balls to the wall, just have a fucking go and see what happens. And, yeah, it was, it was actually funny. I was watching Jacko's heat on the beach with Kakoa and Kakoa was just like, he's
1: fucking not going to catch a wave.
7: He's a fucking <laughs> pussy. Like, this is his coach on the beach just fucking writing him off. Anyway, sure enough... I wish you sure a enough, <laughs> Catch a wave, you fucking pussy! <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, we're like, oh... Someone's going, and I go, it's Jacko, and he's like, fuck off. Anyway, he's taking <laughs> off, and he's like, we're all like, oh, go, he's going to make it, and it looked like he nearly made it. Anyway, like, the wave just ran off, and we didn't see him, and, and everyone was like, where is he, where is he, thinking that he just, like, maybe, like, just fell off really far up, and um, we were, like, trying to scan up here, and we're like, he's down there, and was just like, fucking <laughs> like, screaming. It was so funny. It was, it was probably the best day of surfing ever, you know, because... From heat 1 to 12, everyone, it was pumping the whole day. There wasn't one heat where it was, like, slow and, you know, no one got any scores. It was just pumping all day. So to, to be out there and surf perfect pipeline and to be able to push yourself to that, you know, next level of, you know, to see how far you can push yourself is, uh, yeah, it was sick. And, yeah, stuck to got a couple.
2: And for you guys, you know, I'd imagine you'd probably never even fucking seen waves hold their, hold their form at that size before. You know, how do you deal with that? Like, where are you lining yourselves up with? How do you even navigate that volume of water in a fucking conical shape? Um, <laughs> mate, talk us through, yeah, just like the, the sheer, the fear of it and, and how you manage conditions like that. When I, Have you ever surfed conditions, anything like that?
8: Um, <laughs> that's what I felt like out in the waters. Oh, looking around. <laughs> now, um Kokoa simplified it really well for us, Rip Curl boys. The free surfs aren't going to be that positive. You're not going to get a lot of waves, um, but just concentrate on your lineups and concentrate on where John and those types of guys are taking off from, what house. I think the biggest lineup for me was Connor Coffin's family house. It's like a green one on the beach. Just, um, well, if you look at it, it's right oh, up the tree. This is gold. R- writing
0: this down, Swillians. <laughs>
8: But for me, I didn't make many, so no, don't, don't Co- go following me. Co- yeah. nah. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, just, just line-ups where you are in the lineup. But, yeah, when the wave comes, it's a, it's a whole different story. I don't know how the boys dealt with it, but in a free surf, it was a bit different with five dudes on your inside, five dudes on your outside. But when you're in a heat, it's like, you've got to fucking go. So, um, yeah, I guess you've just got to get fired up and have a stab.
2: <coughs> yeah, and talk us through, like, knifing one out there. Um, I mean... Very few people in this room will ever get the chance to knife a, a 10 or 12 footer at pipe. But, uh, you know, what's going on? I guess, uh, fucking just, th- does it take like 10 seconds to reach the bottom of one of those things? Or like, yeah, just talk us through the experience of fucking sucking up, putting your head down,
8: and knifing it. I think Cal's your guy fucking knifed a couple in that
3: first round. <laughs> I
8: was that fine <laughs> up after that, I was like, I better have a stab at eh? fucking. Came off the bottom, Italy was going a couple of cheeky six, eight fours, and cows like, give me the 12 foot mongrel one and <laughs> gath helmet straight through the fucker. It was that good. Look at him. Look at how fired up he is. He wanted it. It was it's that so, good. It looks like
2: so chose. yeah, <laughs> fucking off oh, it just fucking goes so round and grows that thing. It's psycho. How's the commendations he's had in his rookie year? Ross Williams, all-time pipe Hawaiian great, Gabriel Medina. Mate, you're fucking on one, Cal. Talk us to it, man.
0: Yeah, well, actually, just before uh, when we were talking to Parco Smithy, Nostradamus himself, he said, uh, keep an eye out on Cal Robson. And he goes, and actually all the rookies, they're fucking maniacs, mate. They're going to paddle out a pipeline. They're going to." He was talking about you too, Lobby. He's going, these kids fucking charge. And uh, he... He was bang on, mate. That's why they call him Nostradamus. He's the 2012 Pipeline Master. He's the surfer, surfer, too. He's a Sunny Coast coolie legend. He's trained to the Timbuktu. When it comes to professional surfing, he's our Swellian guru. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Parkos
5: knows.
0: Parkos knows. You could see it coming, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, Paco, Medina, Ross Williams, all these accolades, but it's on the back of, like, something something inside you that they can recognise.
4: Yeah, I guess um, always growing up in Evans, like, north coast, not having the most heavy waves, I guess, trying to, going over to Pipeline and, like, seeing the waves that come through there, you always just want to, you just vision yourself in one, and... Um, when you get the chance in a, f- in a heat when there's no one out and there's no heavy locals trying to fade you on ten-footers, um, you're pretty stoked, <laughs> so um, it was good to have no one barking at you when you're trying to take off, kind of concentrate on a ten-footer, so um, yeah, I was more just stoked to have that opportunity and um, yeah, when you commit to one, you've got to be all in on it, so I was stoked.
0: Don't want to blow the spot out, but uh, we got a little bit of intel that there's uh, a pretty psycho. And, uh, somewhere you... between
2: the Tweed and fucking uh, Port Macquarie, yeah, let Somewhere say.
0: between the Tweed and Port. Zach McMahon knows where exactly where it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we heard a story just during the week that you paddled out there when you were like 14 and, and packed it on a, on a really big east swell. Uh, so you've got a bit of fucking history with this throwing it over the ledge, mate, when there's no one around.
4: Yeah, I went down to um, Connor's hometown of Cronulla and uh, went to Voodoo. We got some pretty good waves down there. And um, I was stoked he showed me around. He kind of prepped me for um, pipe. And, it kind of looks like that, actually. Yeah. Well, that's it's pretty similar. That's where I dragged my corn at, uh, at
0: Voodoo. Well
1: played.
4: Well played. I'll pay pa- I'll ba- I'll
2: play that.
0: I'll hey, play, uh, play. just on one other thing, that, that mention that you, you did say about, you know, having crew sort of, like, putting pressure on you, especially the, the big dogs on tour, but n- none of you guys have backed down at all. It's been a real earmark of, of this rookie class, I think, Spivy. Like, just, you know, uh, uh, the Geordie Smith incident with you, Jacko. It's like you're paddling out going, fucking, you... Fuck this I car. I owe you That's nothing, In their head, you know. I owe you nothing. And, uh, you know, like... Where's that come from? Is it just come from playing rugby league when you're a grommet and just creasing any kind of came near? you? Fuck, I wish I
8: played rugby growing up. My dad will not let me. I was, a, I was a little soccer player. <laughs> no mongrel in that. <laughs> I got one chance in like under 12s, year six, played the Knights knockout at New Inn. I was that shit. <laughs> but um, no nah, the Geordie incident, I think he had more munger than me. I just fucked up and got too close to him. and I think I got pretty lucky. The more I watched it, I was like... Whoa.
0: <laughs> fuck, uh, hell, I was close. But when you're in a heat, say, with Italo, like you said, he started hassling you, are you just imagining him in a jersey and going, fuck, you're not even a halfback, mate. You're not even playing reserves for the fucking Bears up the street. <laughs> When, when
4: I when I first started competing and surfing, I was that was like my mindset. I was like, "Fuck this kind of. I wish you'd just run at me." <laughs> but now, obviously, realising what it takes to perform, it's nothing like that. You've got to be more, um, just like yeah, strategic and slow down in your mind. But yeah, it's just it's good to see everyone try and have a crack at you. It's like,
0: what do you got to lose? Fuck them. Do you like that? Oh <laughs> mate, they're fucking
1: home, That's why you're like the rookie class.
0: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I'm telling you, mate. There's something fucking purely Australian about this attitude, isn't there,
2: Good. Where did it all kick off? I'm interested to know. I know Bottle had a hand in kind of, uh, you know, just stimulating this resurgence of uh, just fucking Australian mongrelism. Is that a word? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, and I know that, Connor, you were kind of a senior figure in that resurgence, but, yeah, when was it identified that, you know, Australian surfing had fucking... I don't know the arse had dropped out of it, and we, we 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 kind of just lost our fucking mojo a bit for a while there. I don't know. I think
7: it's I think it's like you said, like Cal, you know, Cal and all those boys, Jacko and Morgs, and it's just that young generation of like, who gives a fuck? And you know, they they look at everyone, you know, as as their you know everyone's eye level to them. It's, there's no one higher or lower than them, and um just to give everything a red-hot crack. Um, and I think, you know, the Challenger Series last year definitely showed that and, um, you know, brought out everyone's mongrel um, in that Challenger Series and, yeah, it was fucking sick to be a part of. I think that's where it all started, really, for sure. That's right, brought out everyone's mongrel. There was just mongrels all over the beach, for <laughs> it was great! <laughs>
0: mongrels, baguettes. is that a beget We're in your pocket? mongrels. <laughs> And Lobby, I, I mean, the, the, everyone on this panel has had a blow up in the last sort of 12 months. It, it says a lot. It, but you handle it a little different, mate. Just glaze over. It's just revenge <laughs> served cold, eh? That's, what, that's who you are. Don't no worry, mate. Scream away. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fucking get your next year, cunt.
6: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not huge on the conflict, but um, I just, I don't know, I just like giving your best and I mean, if, at the end of the day, it's just, it's a surfing
0: home, but it's not the end of the world, so, like, it's yeah, not worth it. but you did grow up, up early, mate, <laughs> so we know, you, we know you can put them up.
2: Watching that Make or Break series, it uh, really kind of impressed upon me how tight the Brazilians are, but also just how much they depend on each other. Like, you know, you guys, you're away on tour for so long. People often say, oh, it's the dream tour, it's the dream job, but, fuck, there's some sacrifice that comes with it, man. Being away from your loved ones, um, travelling, transit, all that shit's just... It's fucking destabilising, uh, to put it mildly. Um, you know, do you guys depend on each other as much as the Brazilians? Like, have you taken notes from their book? I mean, it's, it's something that we all need. It's just some fucking, some brotherhood when you're away, isn't it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm in this middle ground at the moment where the guys above me... It was a totally different dynamic with the guys Aussie guys above me compared to the Aussie guys below me, like these guys. Um... You know, I grew up with people above me that were in that era of you know the golden era where everyone was had lots of money and you know they're all on really big dollars and therefore they were able to like be a bit more selfish and travel by themselves and, and all that and lots um, of money, but we couldn't buy a fucking world title, could we? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the problem. That's too much. Seriously? Yeah, it was, huh? Um, but yeah, the, I think we're you know myself, Wade Carmichael, Cooper is here. Um, you know, us boys were in that middle ground of... That was when the surfing industry was going pretty shit. And, um, yeah, to be able to to kind of see the two dynamics with now, you know, we're in the situation where we're, like, the old guys. And, fucking in France we were having a beer and myself, Wade and Cooper were like, fuck, I would have never have thought to be that old guy on the QS, but, fuck, now we're those old guys. Like, these guys are, like, 20, 21, 22, like... All like young little grasshoppers, and we're just fucking these, <laughs> we're those old gods. And we just like all had a moment, we're like, holy shit. But yeah, to be able to feed off the energy of those boys and that mongrel attitude was, yeah, it was sick. And I mean, if we didn't have it last year, there wouldn't be a as much of success as what we had, so yeah, it was sick.
2: And these guys are coming up, you know, barely sponsored. They're coming out of work and day jobs. Uh, you know, There's an element of grit and determination that, that comes with that. Um, were you feeling that?
7: Yeah, for sure, that was just, you know, they all, all, I guess, had jobs last year and they were working towards getting on the Challenger Series and then they got on there and were like, fuck, this is sick. Like, you know, the energy was there and that's what I really fed off with them was, because I was in another kind of different phase of I just fell off and everything was kind of going on the downward trend um, to be able to immerse myself with these boys and um, see how much fun they're having. And, you know, I was trying to do that with our own little crew as well. And we all kind of just morphed together. I guess with COVID, COVID was a big one for us, not being able to go home and, and all that made us all hang out together, which ended up being so much better anyway, instead of us all going back and forth from home. So. Yeah, it all made us bond together and go, fuck, we all want to get on tour and, you know, no, there's no jealousy here because we're all on the same page and um, we just want to see Aussies fucking destroy the tour. Fucking mental.
2: And I'm interested to know, boys, I mean, Connor said, uh, you know, he borrowed a lot from your enthusiasm and grip, but, you know, what was his influence on you guys?
6: Yeah, Connor's just... He's always been such a legend to myself and the other boys can probably attest to that. Um... Just like, just always been one of those guys that has time for you, Um, especially when you're young and you're like, you know, you're starting on the QS, you don't really know anybody. And like even Connor was like this, you know, big figure like, wow, that guy rips, he's really, you know, he's a bit of an idol almost. And um, he'd always take the time and, you know, say hello and come and watch your heat, give you a tip or whatever it was, you know, he always had that really giving attitude and I know I always really liked the way he went about things and I thought, oh, I wanna, you know, I want to be like that too. Like, that's just a really cool way of doing things. And um, I don't know, I think, he, yeah, like people like Connor and, the, like, you know, Coops and, Wade and a few of the other older guys, obviously Botsy was is big on the whole community <laughs> thing. Um, and, yeah, that just sort of like, we saw that and thought, that's really cool. And, um, you know, a lot of us guys were just already good mates anyway and we just thought, like, let's just, let's just be there for each other.
0: I wouldn't mind just getting uh, a take from each of you on this because the Challenger Series last year, it was a slow start. And uh, as that camaraderie built and and the team atmosphere grew, you guys all started to perform really well. I just want to know, was there a heat or a moment where that camaraderie made a big difference and sort of pushed you to surf above yourself or maybe even believe that you were going to do it, you were going to do it for someone, uh, not just for yourself, but something bigger than yourself? Got one, Jacko? Because I know like, Portugal was a big one for you.
8: Um, yeah, I think just that whole Port- Portugal contest. Um, everyone had their own individual results, and a lot of us, well, some of us, were coming off tough results at U.S. Open, and it was a big one for myself. And just the way we all stuck together and watched everyone's heats, even just the boys going down there to watch the women's heats. Like I think we would never have done that before, but being on the road for three and a half, three months, three and a half months away from your family, um, girlfriends, whatever, partners, um, it's a tough trot. So we all got around each other. And I think just that support of having people cheer you on as you're running down and cheer you on as you come in. And we had a ring of fire after I got second to Zeke. And that was probably a big moment for me where I was like, fuck, this is so cool. Like We were so fired up and I was kind of a bit embarrassed cause I, I hadn't won and we were doing this big Aussie thing on the beach, but I think that kind of kind of shaped what was happening into the next event? We did it for India and Connor at France, and I hope that everyone on it this year that gets a result continues that because I mean it's it's a pretty cool feeling. Even like I was a part of it for Connor on the on the outside, and then at Portugal I was a part of it as the surfer, so it's a really cool feeling. And just sticking around each other and supporting each other, um, like 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 Connor said, the old, boy, old older boys of the QS just helping out, like just having that. I don't know, nature, or you can just ask them and go, hey, like, what do you think? Like, I know when I started the QS, if you asked, like, someone older, something, they'd probably tell you to fuck off. Um, but now it's like you want to see the whole of Australia succeed and the whole, whole, whole QS. It's like, it's not just me, it's everyone here. It's, it's one in all in, let's, let's see us do it.
2: Fucking home, that's so big. Man, I was getting uh, the full tingles going. Like, you know, watching it from home, watching that shit go down from home, you probably aren't aware because you're over there, but fuck, it's satisfying to watch, man. To see you guys represent Australian, uh, you know, sports culture on the global stage the way you do is fucking iconic and uh, made us very proud. Uh, I'm interested to know, too, like, you know, how do you manage, like, it's been a bit of a bloodbath that uh, the Challenger Series down here at the moment, you know, fucking three Aussies in a heat, like, fucking c- not like getting knocked in the round of 96. Um, you know, how do you manage the, the kind of friction there in the heat where you're both surfing for your lives, but you know, you, you, you surf for your country as well. Um, Some of the Brazilians do impeccably, you know, they, they just manage, it doesn't matter what happens in the heat, they shake hands at the end of it, they hug it out, they fucking cry it out if they have to. But, um, yeah, how do you guys manage that?
6: Um, I think it just, everyone just sort of has a pretty good understanding that once, once the heat's on, it's, you know, it's warfare, you got to do what you've got to do, and everyone's there to, <clears throat> everyone's there to make a career for themselves, um, but that's, it's kind of just like business really, and then once the heat's done, you know, you're back to being friends again, and especially last year, everyone had a really good understanding of that, and like Connor was saying, it didn't feel like there's a whole lot of jealousy um, when someone else would have success, it was almost like we all shared in the success, And it was almost cooler that way. Like, one of the highlights for me of the whole trip was when Connor won. It felt like I won and I lost first heat. (laughs) Lobby's just down
7: there, just had to slept because he's partied all night the night before, just looking as hung as ever, and just still down there, just like,
2: uh, uh. <laughs> oh, Sick. That's the comrade, that's the stuff that, you know, spurs you to victory when you, you come in from true your battler. semi, and, yeah, that's right, true battler, and his fucking breath just reeks of bourbon, and his fucking <laughs> eyes are spinning like a Cleopatra feature, and you just, you uh, know. Up the lob. <laughs> Up the lob. Mate, uh, I'm interested to know too, because you, you've all worked jobs, man, uh, right at the pointy end of your careers. Like, Cal, you know, you were a chippy fucking, what, a year ago, two years ago. You know, what did that experienced teacher working for a living fucking throwing cement bags around a sweaty cracked building site on the <laughs> north coast when it's fucking autumn and cooking? You've got your face in a hole in the end of a shovel. Uh, what did you learn? Yeah, what, what did working for a living fucking uh, teach you man about this game?
4: um yeah obviously leaving school to be a chippy was kind of more an excuse to surf a little bit more um i went to school in lismore which was like an hour and a half on the bus each way uh, which was pretty brutal so um when i got the opportunity to leave school and work with my dad being to start my um carpentry apprenticeship was um pretty special my dad my dad was pretty lenient with me to be honest like i fuck, i'd i'd rock up at um, smoker and we'd both go surfing in the arbour so it was pretty good like, <laughs> I legend. Get... everyone wants
2: a boss like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 If there's any bosses like that or if there's anyone thinking of becoming a builder, fucking take a leaf out of Callum's dad's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> no, nah, he was pretty good to me, um, but still when I got there I had to work and that fucking sucked so, Um, I guess when I was there I realised how much building sucked. I don't know if there's any builders out there, but I don't want to be an apprentice. So um, I realised how much I wanted to be a surfer and just made the path for me a lot clearer. Um, And then, yeah, from then on it was all in on surfing.
2: Yeah, and it's all in. Like, you know, what do you got to go back to? You know, you've got a fucking job site to go back to. At least you've tasted the cement powder in your mouth. <laughs> you've had the sand in your eyes. You've had some fucking hungover cunt, some hungover bricky screaming at you. <laughs> you know how shit it is. So, uh, yeah, and a lot of people didn't taste that on the way up, you know. They just fucking got big money thrown at them from day dot. Uh, mate, talk us through fucking going to high school in Lismore. That's crazy because... Lismore is so far from the coast, and that basically means, like, that cancels you out. So much of your surf time must have been chewed up by school and transit. Um, You're also playing football till pretty late. Like, that makes your your rise all the more unlikely.
4: Yeah, um, I didn't start surfing until a bit later on in um, in my life, so the the days going to school was kind of like leave at 7.30, so I wouldn't get a morning surfing, and then I'd come home, and I'd get probably like half an hour in the arvo. Um, and then I'd just surf all weekend, but, um, the transition between, like, playing footy and trying to do that, like, really seriously to surfing was kind of, like, the age of probably, like, 12 or 13 when I realised that, um, I started, I did a trip to Sumatra with my dad and, um, kind of went, as soon as i come back, I'd played another year of footy and was, like, wasn't, my heart wasn't in it, um, and then I went on surfing, like, pretty much full time and tried as hard as I could, but, um, yeah, Going to school in Lismore was pretty was pretty tough, especially because nobody understood what you're talking about. Everyone's footy heads there, and I was like on the cusp of like being footy head or like trying to be a surfer. I didn't know where I sat. I sat
0: with everyone, so yeah, it was pretty classic. L- Lobby, uh, I met one of your teachers, Hutch, at the beach this morning, <laughs> and he, he was saying that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just normal, <laughs> just talking to people. But he was saying that uh, in your crew at school, you didn't even really hang with the surf mob, and when you'd go away for surf comps, they were like. Where's Liam going? They didn't even know that you were a fucking surfer. Is that true? Yeah, I well, we went to school in Benoa, which is pretty far from the beach as well.
6: There weren't a whole lot of surfers up there, but... It's the teen pregnancy capital of Australia, isn't it?
0: There's <laughs> a lot of curly haired kids running around in Burleigh too. <laughs> Not much to do out there, eh? Lobby? Hey, mate? Yeah, it's a strange place. But yeah, so like, pretty classic that you, you, you've got this uh, surf life, but then when you're at school, you your mates don't even know that you're sort of this prodigy, this this kid who's, who's got a whole another life going on.
6: Oh, I definitely wasn't a prodigy. <laughs> a few fourth places in the pro uh no, um... <laughs> I, um, yeah, none of them really surfed or cared about surfing, so I wasn't, like, gonna go around and go, oh, yeah, I'm surfing and all this, they didn't really give a shit, so... Yeah, I'd just go to school, hang out with them. It was kind of cool, like, they they had their own interests and I'd mm. be able to, like, kind of escape from the surf world a bit and mm. then tap in when I wanted to.
0: What were their interests like? <laughs> I don't want to say it, really, but... Yeah. You can say it, shoot, no? You... I think we get it. <laughs> Jacko, what about you, mate? I mean, uh, you were a postie for a while, weren't you? Yeah, kind of. But, yeah,
8: it's, it's probably no Bricky's labour, but it was pretty fucked.
0: Yeah, well, what, what, what's the life of a posting? Give, give us a run through your day when you were doing that job. Postman Jack, Postman Jack, Postman
8: um, Jack and his black and white cards. I would drive up to Beresfield, which is out western Newcastle. Um, no one should live in Beresfield. Man, no is fucking rough, man. There must have been wheelers chasing but, um, you down. Yeah, big, big depot out there and yeah it wasn't just um small parcels. it was like flat box sheds from bunnings or furniture or the whole thing would be packed and yeah it'd be out on a probably 10 hour day minimum up to 12 13 hours sometimes it was just whatever you could deliver and especially around christmas time I, i got one christmas time in and was doing like 60 65 hour weeks and just trying to get people their shit before christmas and yeah i'm um Oh, it was actually funny I had a, a day with my missus the other day and we chatted about it and I was just like thank fuck I don't have to go back to that anytime soon because it was torture so I think that 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 just taught me that that's hard work and what I'm doing isn't that hard even though there's the emotional parts of losses and winning like winning sweet and losses suck but it, like, the more you let those losses go and concentrate on the next one like what, what we've got going on is a is a pretty sweet gig and it may seem hard at times but fuck we put in the hard mm. yards and the results will eventually show you just got to keep chipping away at it and, yeah, you won't see Postman Jacko back time anytime yeah. soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. And you've always got the carnival to go back to if surfing doesn't panic.
8: Yeah, that's good money, eh? Um, They've been hit me up lately. Um, they told me I'm getting a bit skinny. I've got to put the kilos back on. That's why I'm piling in
0: the piss. And hey, mate. Connor, you, uh, you worked in the Triple ball surf shop, right? So you were, like, Dog Marsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, that was his store originally in Cronulla?
7: Yeah, it was Dogs originally and then went to Blake. And then Blake had it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, like, the, I mean, when you're working in a surf shop, you basically, y- your dream is to one day be a pro surfer if you're a little grom. Uh, yeah. Who was coming into the shop? What was the culture of, of Cronulla like when you were a grom?
7: It was pretty cool. Like, it, there was so many good surfers above me growing up in Cronulla and, um, you know, you had Oki as the the pedestal and, and then everyone underneath. Um, yeah, it was there was just a lot of good surfers around and to... To be around good surfers all the time pushes your own surfing. And, um, I mean, they they all left pretty pretty early on when I first started surfing. So, um, but, yeah, I had, I had a lot of the... There was a lot of guys above me that were doing the Junior Series and the QS and that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there was, just, there was a lot of really good surfing talent above me. Um, so, yeah, it kind of helped me get better.
0: What well, to it pay, that job? Just out of interest. It fuck, shit ass. Yeah. It was like... Uh-huh. Who's your boss, oh fucking
2: dog? It was like,
7: <laughs> what was it, like, 30 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour or something? Shit house. What, no, like a half-price radio? $30. Was it good <laughs> for a, no, no, A Ten-year-old no, kids no, no. <laughs> flinging stickers. No, it was, 20, no, it was 25 bucks an hour when I was, like, 20. 46. 20. I don't know, mate. But Just... I didn't work all day. I was only, like, four hours a day or whatever. It was yeah. fucked. Mate, even though you, I wanted to. Uh, can you, I, you sort out <laughs> Connor with a job at the post office, Jacko? Yeah, I'll get him sorted. I'll take him straight away. <laughs> I'd be a hell good postman, I reckon. Friendly Asian guy, fucking deliberate boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, suit the role.
1: Holy shit! You get a job tomorrow if you want. I wouldn't get attacked by any dogs, would I?
2: <laughs> Mate, uh, I'm interested to know too. Like, talk to us about the financial toll of chasing these tours. Uh, we're talking about it a bit uh, backstage, but. It's something a lot of people don't realise. Like, people go on, like, tens of thousands of dollars into debt just to chase the Challenger Series. Um, you know, have you guys experienced that? Like, uh, have you had to fucking fork out more money than you, than you had to, to, to chase this dream?
8: Yeah, I think you fork out money you don't have and you just hope you get it back. Um, I think that Challenger Series last year, because it was COVID and everything, had uh, pretty much everything was just COVID prices, everything was boosted up, but you're never going into that going fuck I'm not going to do it. You got four events to try qualify. It was in 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 my head. I felt like it was probably the the easiest year to do it. Like four events. Um you don't you don't drop a result and if you probably make a final or a couple finals, you're probably going to be good. So, it was just about sacrificing that and crossing the bridge at the end if you you're in debt or not. So, but I feel like now that there's all these different events and there's all these great locations, but I mean, there's not not a whole lot of money out there and there's eight events in all different continents, so it's just going to be tricky and I'm glad that I don't have to deal with it, that's for sure. Can we put a number on it? Like, what what are the kind of dollars we're talking about here? I think this year you'd probably look at maybe 40 to 50 grand to do eight or probably, probably with just all the places you're going to and, I mean, the thing is that I learnt last year is you don't want to go too cheap because you want to be comfortable and especially with accommodation you want to feel comfortable where you are and have an area to warm up and do stuff like that so it's, it's about investing in your future and if you're going to do it right you may as, well, may as well do it that way.
0: I couldn't believe in that make or break that Matt McGilvray was sleeping in the back of his car in his first year on the CT. That's like fucking loony. That, that's like Travellers' lobby. Yeah. <laughs> try,
4: tries to put you in the back.
8: Travellers' lobby will go a bit differently.
4: Is like, any, any rental cars we can sleep in?
8: Like, come on, mate. Shit, that'll come to a bit too expensive. You ain't gonna get anywhere cheaper. Five of us in a fucking Chevy Tahoe out the back. <laughs> Just
2: rolling out of his wicked camper van, straightening around one heat to the CT. Uh,
7: Toyota
4: Corolla for two, uh... <laughs> Any, any
0: juicies in Europe? <laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> I wouldn't mind, you Like know, now that you're on the CT, uh, I heard Jack Robbo say this, you know, uh what, even just at the start of this, you know, learning to feel how to belong. Like, not just that you've made it, but feeling like you deserve to be there and that sort of thing. Have you guys reached that place yet? And I guess, like, you know, belief is such a big part of success, but... To believe that you're there and you deserve to be there is really the first step of of having those consistent results. Jacko, I'll start with you, mate. Like, uh, do you feel like this is a place where you should be, and that you deserve to be?
8: Um, yeah, definitely. Took a took a couple of events or a couple of heats. I felt like you're kind of going into pipe, telling yourself that you belong to be there, and getting that first heat out of the way, and then going in against John in round three and getting absolutely rinsed. Um, but I guess. I I, I took that heat as a privilege just to be in a man-on-man heat with with John John and I was trying to look at it from all positive directions and then had a close heat with um, Geordie at sunset, which I felt like I kind of let that slip through my fingers. I probably should have bettered my scores and potentially beat him in that one. But then when it came around to um, Portugal, I felt like the work I'd been putting in and everything like that on the outside and getting... a getting coached by Mitchell Ross someone that's from a local mm. region and having someone that really backed me um, and, and 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 believed in me wholeheartedly and getting Seth in that round three heat I was like oh I finally cracked that dreaded round three round and I think that was where that belonging started and I was like yeah I do deserve to be here and I think that takes a while like you can qualify through the challenger series and you're like yep I deserve to be here but then you go into Pipe and Sunset as the, mo- like, the lowest seed and you're coming up against the, the highest guy. So it's hard to find that belonging and I feel like I'm still finding it now, um, going into G land, but I'm privileged to be a part of the back end of the year and I'm excited just to see where it takes me and where I f- find myself.
0: Yeah, what's, the, what's the been sort of like a surprise for you? You know, everyone has a different attitude and a different personality in Heats. We've heard heaps of stories on this podcast over the years about... The way that Kelly behaves in a heat. You know, when you're sitting out there with John John and you've got your head noise going on, but fuck I've got John John a pipe, it's perfect. Uh, what's his energy like out there? does he pay you much attention? Is he going, Oh hey man, what's what's your name? No,
8: nah, he fully no, nah, he fully brushed me eh. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty chirpy. I love having a chat and I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a chat to him, hey? And he just gave me nothing. Yeah. I was just like, oh, far out. You got a good one at the start. Like just trying to chirp to him and he was it was it was like he couldn't speak. He just fully just zoned out. And I was just like, some people I chat to him in a heat and they just wig out and I was hoping that was John, but <laughs> fucking hell he's got some good earplugs in because he did not hear anything I said. <laughs> what, what were you saying? I was just chirping to him, just talking shit, just trying to just be like, I need to get comfortable, I just need to act like I'm Sitting out here at any other break just chatting to someone and try to get that confidence for the next wave. But I mean when you hear him get an eight, nine and like a seven something you're like, Oh shit, here we go again. But yeah, like I said, it was a privilege to be in a heat against him and yeah, at least he
0: doesn't listen to my shit like everyone else. <laughs> who uh who's who have you had a decent chat with in a heat? Who's who's actually engaged with you and gone, Yeah man, yeah, no, the fucking Sunset Diner makes a, a hell of a mixed plate.
8: Um, the heat against Geordie at sunset, he kind of chirped back to me a little bit. I was like, oh, I'll try, I'm, I'm ahead of you, I might as well give him a bit of stick. <laughs> what and he came back and bit me on the ass. No, nah, did I you tell him up. I'm ahead of you in the I heat? He was just like, does it feel to get beat by a rookie? And I was like, What? I'll say that. <laughs> him, <mate."> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he yeah. came back and got me good, but then. Got my redemption bells, but yeah, you learn, you, you learn your lessons pretty fast. You get a bit too cocky. You fuck, dirty that's, a
0: that's a good That's great a
8: great
0: How's it feel to get beat by a rookie, eh? Hey. I don't hey know, I'll know. just chuck a fucking nine on you. How do you like that, Redhead? <laughs>
8: yeah. Well, idiot. I don't even know if he heard it, but fuck it, fired him up. Whatever I said. Fuck <laughs> me. Yeah, pulled an eight out of his ass and then made me need a nine in three minutes. I was like, oh, here we go again.
0: Right. Cal. Mate, you've played rugby league. You know the, You know how chirpy the footy field is. What's your attitude when you're uh, out in the heat? Are you, are you like Jacko? You like to uh, get in their ear a little bit? Or you just focus on your own game?
4: No.
0: no. <laughs> no. You, just as they're on. paddling past, you're just like, I'm going to fucking crease you. <laughs> no.
5: What
0: was that? Nothing, mate. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> give, give us uh, some of your favourite run-ins or, or even just sort of personality moments from the heats that you've served so far on tour.
4: Um... Yeah, I don't do much speaking. I just like kind of focus on my myself and uh, my job at hand. But um, yeah, I'm not like Jacka. I don't fucking speak too much. Well, <laughs> anyone out of,
0: anyone,
8: yeah. Don't start doing it. No. It doesn't
0: work. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I has tried. Any,
0: has anyone uh, like said tried to engage with you or try to pull you out of your headspace?
4: Um, not off the top of my head, but um, yeah, no, not really. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because, I mean, it is such a fine line between being respectful as a newcomer on tour but then also staking your claim for what's rightfully yours, especially, you know, in the free surfs, before comps, you hear a lot about just the argy-bargy. I mean, we all saw what happened with uh, Chipo and Zeke Lau in Margs. Um, yeah, I mean, like, have you guys experienced any kind of teething problems in, in finding that, that place, like h- how to push back on some of the big dogs? We've heard of, you know, Morgs having to cough up heaps of waves to Medina, shit like that. Like, you know, what's your strategy with that?
4: Yeah, I feel, I feel like coming back to Snapper and the Challenger Series, that's as dog-eat-dog dog as it gets. So um, going to the CT, I was actually surprised to see how much mutual respect there is with everybody and how much, how, yeah, how much everyone kind of gets along. So that was kind of refreshing to see, especially from the outside coming in, thinking that it was going to be a lot more everyone in their own lane and no-one talking to anybody and just, like, pretty selfish. But I feel like everyone kind of engages in conversation if you... Um, Yeah, start it, and I feel like the free surfs are... It's just like any lineup. You take your turn, wait, sit out the back, you're going to get a wave. Um, But, yeah, I feel like coming back to the Challenger Series, that's where it's real dog-eat-dog. Nobody really gives a fuck.
0: it's madness. Look, after watching all that CT action for the first start of the year, to get back to four-man heats and just how much shit is going on. I mean, (laughs) fuck, if it's not happening in the CT, give us a bit of an idea of the sledging and the fucking banter that goes on in a four-man heat. Connor, you must have some beauties. Come on, mate. I got
7: nothing. I just uh...
0: too nice. You're just too yeah, nice just
7: in history of I actually had, I had Ibis. I've already told the story, but I had Ibis, uh, Chris Bennett when I was a kid in the junior series, like swearing me and telling me I'm a cunt because I beat him <laughs> at Merriweather when it was one foot and I was the <laughs> lightest kid out of all four of them. But I think that's the only the bad part. I mean, fuck with priority these days. It's it's pretty hard to, to get in any sort of scuffle like. Yeah. You, the, you, no, no one has priority for like five minutes. Like someone catches a wave and then the rotation starts. So I think the whole priority thing has made everything more civil. And like Carl said, I think the, the CTs, everyone knows their place and everyone knows where they are in the lineup. There's no real, uh, and there's just not enough people um, to, to be able to be a dog. And yeah, the QS is
0: just like fucking all in. Uh, yeah, it's w- hectic. Let's, let's just take it back at, to the last question for you because we never got your take on it. You've surfed enough CT heats where you've, you've had probably a surf against almost everyone now. Like, who is just a fucking pest in a heat? Who, who do you just can't stand, like, paddling out against because you just know you're going to have to deal with this niggle or this paddle up the inside or this pushing up the point? Andre. Apart
7: from Jaddy's uh, yeah, pretty
0: sweet, actually. I was
7: going to say apart Fuck from Jacko. Who, I'm <laughs> trying to think of who
0: is the worst. Well, what about just a, uh, even, even just on a... the top a, of my head. Have you got like a miscommunication or a, an, an episode where you were going, like, you know, where your personality clashed with someone who was just on a, nah, in their a own nice world?
7: pretty nice guys. So I don't really clash with too many people. I mean, you are <laughs> a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> David Connor, Silver. nice. Nah. I don't know, no, nah, I've got no one, nothing on the top of my head. Cal, oh, I haven't had a key, heat with Cal yet, so... There you go. But.
0: Wait until that.
7: Gloves
0: off for of that one, Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, boys, are far out. Epic panel. Beautiful Sunday Arvo, Swellians. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, good, is it? Beautiful Sunday Arvo locked in this fucking black dungeon. It's sick. <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to throw it over to the Swellians for a couple
1: questions. Yeah,
0: we'll do that. Before... Oh. There's the theme but Big thanks to Billabong for uh, having us down here this afternoon. Big supporters of Ain't That Swirl live and uh, always, you know, we wouldn't be here without them. Uh, Big thanks to you guys for for turning out this afternoon. I know the event's still running and uh, you're all in it. Lobby. Except for you. But, mate, we know that your Challenger Series is just getting started, man. We're so stoked to hear your ankles almost there, mate. Like, it's it's coming. you all deserve to be there, for sure. All right, so we're going to throw it open. We've got a, a Billabong Graphene wetsuit for uh, the best question, and I think Lobby's going to pick the winner. But you can ask a question to any one of these guys. Let's get down here. Jake, how are you, brother?
4: Vornay, how you doing, mate? Good. Sick. Awesome. Uh, I haven't got a question. I've got a uh, Swallyette shout-out. This lovely lady next to me, Misha. it's her birthday today. It's the swellier, Courtney. Woo! What do you reckon bit of a happy birthday? What do you reckon? That's
7: Are we going to sing it? Yeah. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's do happy it. if you put a cone piece on a finger like that. To
1: you, Happy
0: birthday
1: to you. <laughs> <laughs> you. Righto. This week, if you ask me. <laughs> let's get
0: over here. We've <laughs> got a question.
1: Oh, Nixie, how are you,
0: brother? Good to see you. F- sorted out, if you need air conditioning on the Goldie, Nixie's your man, sorted out smivvy And uh, smivvy's dog is at home sitting in a really chilled lounge room right now. How you going, mate?
3: Um, my one's... I've only got one question, but first of all, I just wanted to say, uh, Jacko. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember at the first ever Swelling Show, Hoyo and my best mate, Pezza, you might know the names. I'm pretty sure they brought up your name, so ever since then I've been following you. Kaelin not having a whinge, but I actually did get flooded twice in that one month So I would like to donate hundred percent to whatever your um, yep. Your website is and I'd like everyone else to donate as well um, Lobby Lobby, I'm at Burley Point every morning parked in my diverse car and I see Lobby on his little ankle <laughs> I see Lobby <laughs> Every morning I'm there at quarter to the six, I see Lobby on his little ankle um, wobble thing, and I've just come off 12 months out of the water from a knee opera as well. I see Lobby doing his little ankle wobble <laughs> bloody board that he's on in the dark. So fully committed. And, the la- and my actual question is for Connor, and um, yeah, I'm with a couple of boys here, We're from the Stanmore Park originally um, to Cronulla area. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so Love Connor, what my punters club wants to know, yep. are we chucking a fifty or a hundred on you for G-Lanth? Fucking hundred all day. Fucking oh, chucking thousand on
1: him. Easy, <laughs> mate. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Go
2: pieces everywhere. That was the greatest
1: lead-in of all time.
7: Mate. mate, give him the wetsuit already. That's unbelievable.
3: Hey, dog. Oh, sorry. Over here,
1: name and question. Uh,
7: my name's Tom and my question is for Liam because he's the most local in the area. Uh, if you could combine two surfers, male and female,
6: from the tour to make the ultimate surfer, who would they be? <laughs> <laughs> oh A loaded question.
5: I'd
6: <laughs> be like slats and... Steph, surely.
0: <laughs> wow. Slatter and Steph, eh? <laughs> That's heavy lob. You, you got an opinion on
7: this, Jacko? Yeah, Poor chick's gonna be bald or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's heavy.
5: <laughs>
6: Where would you go, Basie?
7: <laughs>
8: uh what would I go? I <laughs> know oh, someone with hair. <laughs> John John. Steph. Just keep the hair there.
0: Hi. Uh, yeah, this is for Connor. Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. we got the Swellian army down here, yeah, <laughs> uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the impact that the Swellian army had on your heat at Bells, oh. and whether or not we should have brought more energy?
7: Mate, you should have <laughs> stayed till the end. <laughs> it was so good, because I remember it so clear. I, I could barely hear the, uh, the beach commentary, because you guys, you had like the, you were on the hill on the perfect angle where I could just hear you guys. <laughs> And all I heard was just,
1: cada,
7: cada. and I thought, this is fucking the coolest thing ever. No, it was sick. It had a huge impact. It fired me up and, uh, yeah, it was fucking sick.
0: Hey, uh, we're doing the Swellian Army for the final day of the Challenger Series if you want to come down and join the screaming. It's got to be fucking, it's got to be loud.
3: Hope you get the lot, your dog.
0: My name's Dean and I've got a question for Lob. Now,
8: if you were in a boxing match with... Uh, the angry Frenchman, please, tell, I
4: need to know, would you back yourself in? Would you, would you beat Flores in a boxing match?
6: I'd back myself in, but I'd get flattened, probably. <laughs> uh, I reckon Lob's underground.
8: I reckon nah, he, he can fight. He's got the arm,
4: arm like He can 30. fight, I've seen it. He's the nicest guy, but he's got the biggest mongrel in him when he gets fired up. I was just
8: going to say, I was going to back you to the, to the cows come home,
1: Lob.
4: I'll give it a crack. Let's but I'll, go. I'll probably get knocked out. You'll give it a crack and he'll fire up. He'd knock him out
7: and then call the call the ambulance to go pick <laughs> him
1: up. Give back on protection, you mat. Lobby's dad. Oh, no. Is it?
3: Get <laughs> out, <laughs> mate. Anonymous, Anonymous righto. So, boys, last year's Challenger Series. What goes on tour stays on tour. I want to hear a story about what you boys might have got up to that uh, you wouldn't tell your parents. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's
5: going
0: to be a long throw, but I'm going to try and get him
5: there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, in all seriousness, uh, it was kind of part of the Australian surfing identity, whether it was, you know, toxic for it or not, to rip in when uh, the 80s and 90s, no uh, yeah no skeletons there. But do you guys have fun when one of the boys gets up? Do uh, let-
7: we didn't call it the fun tour for nothing. <laughs> no, nah, we all had a huge fun time after every event. Did you have we had a fucking crack, I can tell you that <laughs> much.
1: Mate, talk us through after you won the
7: comp. After you won the
2: comp in France, it was a, it was a big send, right? Shimmy Disco, yeah, stole a on the send, decks. Yeah. A fucking huge yeah. Aussie send back at the crib. Yeah. Flores' crib a, as it turned out
7: yeah, to we be. We had a huge send at Flores' Airbnb. We pretty much flipped it upside down. Shimmy Disco ended up renting some decks from somewhere. Fucking Cheetah started having a DJ set in our backyard and... Yeah, we pretty much just sent it till the lights came up. <laughs> the natural one, not the fucking ones that
1: flick on and off. <laughs> pretty piss weak if you ask me. Uh, Joey
4: uh, my, my question is, why is it okay for Brazilians to carry on like fucking pork chops <laughs> <laughs> after they lose when uh, they could have just fucking acted like the rest of us?
5: <laughs> uh, is
4: that a
8: comment or a question? I got no explanation for that one. Hey. I'm Corey. Uh, to the boys up the front, when you um, make the big
3: leagues, does it carry a bit of weight once you get the jersey with the Aussie flag on the sleeve?
8: Oh, good question. Fucking Oath. Nice. It's that good. Um... Something you dream of—just getting a jersey, pick your number, have the Aussie flag on your shoulders—is a pretty fucking cool feeling. And you just go out there every heat. It's not just you that you're going to compete for; it's the whole country and everyone that's been a part of the journey. So, I don't know. I speak for myself, and hopefully for the boys, it's a—it's a pretty cool feeling.
0: (laughs) Right. I've been hit in the nose by three of those cones so far. Hey. Uh, name's Sean, got a question for Lobby. What the fuck is a quark, mate?
6: <laughs> yeah. oh, a science question, this'll be fun. It's that's a, that's a subatomic particle. Makes <laughs> up that? A, uh, an atom. And what's that, sorry?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Google it.
6: Hey Lobby, uh, in all seriousness,
0: are you a mathematics genius? Is that what we've heard? No, definitely not. He does he does a Rubik's cube before he's hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's his mental prep.
6: No, I don't know how all these rumours have s- circulated. It's, it's it's untrue.
7: Hey, I got one for Smitty, but he's not here. Oh.
3: Smitty. All right, well we'll move on.
7: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Devex, lobby. Who? What's the best club in the world?
6: Burley. Forty two twenty.
7: Too easy.
0: Oh, wow. Hey. So, um, wow. Diego. I want to make a question <laughs> to Lobby. Lobby, last
4: year we were at the surf comp in Burley and uh, it was your birthday, we were at the PAV and we were getting loose, we are cutting shapes on the dance floor, <laughs> and then on the next day you got a call up to go to Hotness Island, you got a wild card and you had to surf the comp and you did really well, how did that feel after that big night?
1: <laughs> oh, <the laughs> what a scoop! Reveal. Have a couple uh, uh, background stories. <laughs> <laughs> what a scoop!
6: Yeah, Renato actually called me while we are at the pub and I didn't answer. <laughs> I was lucky I got the
7: call up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Smitty, every live ATS you got a hat on or a hoodie on, just once, we just want to see your
0: how red your eyes are. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a beauty.
2: I will take that as a comment,
0: uh, I mean, <laughs> if
2: you want to see how red they are, I'll come out the back later and we'll... Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacko, Cal, Lobby, Connor, Smivy, he's not surfing, but it's going to be good. Come on down. Big thanks to Billabong. Oh, we got to pick a winner for that question, I think it was Diggsy for sure. Yeah, home, home run. Thanks very much Miami! Yeah!